Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Presented by betonline.ag here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to be locked in on. Whether you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or looking for someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go place your bets at betonline.ag. 6-3-2 this week, 8-3 and three if we're counting two of those pushes as our teaser wins, which they were, 8-3, and 6-3-2 three, three and two against the spread from this weekend. We are up. That was the bounce back effort we were looking for, 83-51-5 overall record on this show from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So at the betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What is up? Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. I am your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us. On Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez with a double underscore. As I just told you guys, great gambling week here at the New York Football Podcast. Great gambling week in general for anyone who listens to our show and listens to us churn out winners every week. We've been a unit up and breaking even at the minimum the last couple weeks, but this is the big jump we were looking for. Three units up, really five units up if you count the winning teasers. And that's all you could ask for in a week of football, especially as we near the end of the regular season here. Can't believe it's gone this fast, but hey, week 16, here we go. In terms of results for our teams, we had a even 2-2 split between the four teams. And one of those wins we definitely were not expecting. The Jets actually won a game. And we'll dive into that in just a bit. We'll also touch on the Giants getting handled on Sunday night, Army winning the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, and Rutgers ending the season on an L. We also have Benny Ricciardi on the show. As always, he's here a part of FTN Network and FTN Bets. Benny joins the show to help me break down the Week 16 gambling lines, and we will look for those early value on those spreads as we always do. I'll also take a dive in with Benny on what Jets fans are feeling and what the heck the upside and future holds for the New York Jets. Again, winning show, 83-51-5 overall show record. But let's talk some winning football now, and let's start with the Jets. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. 
because it matters. Herm said it best, and honestly, the Jets have been playing to win the game since the Patriots game, and we all should kind of have seen this coming, but in reality, this was obviously the wrong move. The Jets now fall back due to a tiebreaker of strength of schedule to the number two overall pick, which is pretty much what everyone's taking out of this, and let me recap the game before we jump into the Trevor Lawrence talk. The Jets won 23-20. to And to be honest, it wasn't even really that close for most of this game. New York led wire to wire. They did what they always do, and that's score in the opening possession of the game and never looked back. And what's so uncanny is that the Jets now have scored on the opening possession or the opening drive in eight consecutive games. And it's hilarious that Adam Gase's lone rise to the top of offensive geniusness. The only thing he's hanging on to is the fact that his opening play script tends to be very solid and works out and transitions into points. But let's continue. The Jets scored on that opening drive in 13 plays, capped it off with a Ty Johnson receiving touchdown, and then opened the second half on an 11-play drive, capped off by a Frank Gore rushing touchdown on a fourth and goal at the one-yard line. So they took care of business at both of the opening drives, whether it was to open the game or the half, which really set the tone in this. And the Jets followed that second-half drive with a 10-play field goal drive and iced it behind Frank Gore, which I'm convinced at this point will never retire. I think he honestly might get buried at MetLife at this point, similar to Jimmy Hoffa and Giant Stadium. I think that's going to be Frank Gore, but at MetLife. But like I said, not very close for most of this game. The Jets led by 17 midway through this third quarter after the Frank Gore touchdown, and it was an uphill climb for L.A. Uh, the Rams had some late touchdowns called back, some Cam Akers stuff called back. Could have changed things a bit, but when it was all said and done, the Jets dominated the Rams, and, you know, everyone pokes fun at the Jets because they hurt themselves winning this game. The Rams really hurt themselves losing this game. This is a home game against a winless team. The Rams were in position to host a playoff game, win the division. They're now out of that, and they're in the wild card, and Seattle has now jumped up as a leader in the West. But, I mean, start to finish, all over the board, the Jets won this game. The Jets did not turn the ball over. They allowed only two sacks. And on the defensive side of things, they had three sacks. And they picked off Goff the one time on an incredible pass or on an incredible pick from Bryce Hall. And the Jets' D-line, led by Quinton Williams, and the O-line behind Mekhi Becton, two young studs, continues to be the focal point of success for this team, in my opinion. And it's a really good place to find success. This is something we talk about with the Giants and where they're finding uh, success. You build from those trenches out, and I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, now in regards to the number one overall pick, look, you loyal listeners of the show have heard me talk about this over the last few weeks. I wasn't sold that Trevor would actually come to New York at one. I thought he'd do an Eli and hold out. And even if he did, I didn't think it would answer any significant, you know, issues on this team. They still have Sam Darnold there, and they'd have to make just more decisions, which, you know, the more decisions the Jets have to make normally don't work in their favor. So... You know, last week I was on here talking about how Darnold's not the problem, and if they get Lawrence, like, they're not going to get what Darnold is worth, and they're going to pretty much probably ruin Trevor Lawrence anyways with just how the team is built. Now, in hindsight, the Jets actually forced their hand and probably have to draft uh, draft Panay Sewell and solidify the offensive line to build around Sam Darnold for once, which I think is a really good move. And you put Sewell next to Becton, you got something going on this O-line. Trevor is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. I just wasn't convinced he was going to be great with the Jets. So, I, I look, I get it. They shouldn't have won, and they were tanking. And I'm sad that I lost my bet that the Jets were going to go 0-16. And I've been saying we're staring at 0-16 
since week six, I think, on this show. But it didn't happen. You play to win the game, and the Jets have been playing like that. You know, based on the Raiders game, came down to the wire in the Patriots game. The Jets could have three wins. It could be a lot worse for Jets fans. So luckily, they're still in the two spot. They're not completely out of the 1-1 yet. But I don't think this is worst-case scenario. Obviously, I think Trevor's a generational talent. But I still think there's a lot of craziness that's going to go on with Trevor in the draft. He could end up going back to Clemson for his senior year. There's a lot that could happen. So, yes, this was bad. The Jets shot themselves in the foot. But just revert back to Greg Williams' firing guy. He got fired because they gave up that big play and they lost that game. You play to win. And, you know, I'm not saying Adam Gase or Joe Douglas have been making the right calls in general. And I think they should have just lost and took the 1-1 because they could have got a King's Ransom for it. But you play to win. And this is a business. The NFL is a business. And that's it's what happens sometimes, man. Uh, the better team doesn't always win in any given Sunday. The team that shows up and wants it more goes out and gets the job done. So congrats, Jets fans. I know you don't want to hear that, but you're not 0-16. You're not going to be 0-16. So we'll deal with the draft when we get to the draft. Just hang tight. We got two weeks left. I know this is tough. Also, check on all the Jet fans out there, your friends. Make sure they're okay. I've done it. I've asked everybody if they're okay. It's important because they're going through a lot, and I get it. But just hang in there. I don't know if it's going to get better. But I also don't know if it's going to get much worse. It probably will. It probably will get much worse. But we'll have Benny add on from a Jets fan perspective later in the show on how he feels this whole thing unraveled and what the heck's going to go on with this Jets team. But now let's switch up and touch on the Giants loss because I honestly don't really want to talk about it much. I'm trying to black out the game as much as possible and act like it didn't happen because we're in the same exact spot we were a week ago. But the Giants looked lifeless on Sunday night. There was not much to look forward to talking about after the game happened. Uh, the Giants fell to the Browns 20-6, to and the game barely had anything to be excited about like I just noted on. The Giants went into the game with no Danny and COVID going crazy again. Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator, was out. Our Pro Bowl corner, one of the best corners in the league, James Bradbury, was out with COVID. So both sides of the ball had to step up, and neither really did. I also want to touch on the elephant in the room because we did have two Pro Bowlers. One was James Bradbury. No, I will not acknowledge Evan Ingram for making the Pro Bowl. I know by saying that, I am acknowledging him for making the Pro Bowl. But that's it. That is the only time I'm addressing it. Other than that, he will just be Evan Ingram, not Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. But let's move on. Back to the game. The defense. They're not going to take much heat from me, ever. Especially not this game, given the circumstances. But I will say they looked flat without Bradbury. And they were outplayed. The Browns' offense behind head coach Kevin Stefanski, he had a good scheme drawn up. Browns had three consecutive drives of 10-plus plays in the first half. I mean, really, really gave it to this defense. Only one sack, so they had their hands full. Listen, I get it. They still held them within 20 points. That's the ceiling. Giants need to score three touchdowns in order to beat some teams, especially good teams, and they just couldn't get the job done. So that's on the offense. And in regards to the offense, all Giants fans wanted to know and imagine was a world where the offense isn't controlled by Jason Garrett. And for one game, one game we got to see it, but it was without Danny. And despite that, it still didn't look much different. Or it was as I expected. Or it was about what we were accustomed to at this point with the offense because it was flat and vanilla. It was a little less vanilla, but still vanilla. 
the biggest difference was that we took shots downfield and we took opportunities and gave Slayton, big play guys, you know, chances to make plays downfield. But, you know, Colt McCoy undershot Ingram in the end zone. Slayton dropped some passes. He had a big play that was also kind of underthrown down the sideline. But Freddie Kitchen struggled in the red zone as he did in Cleveland. And that was the reason he lost his job there because they would get down the field and they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And the offense was more opened up than what we've seen with Jason Garrett. But it still didn't result in the touchdowns, unfortunately. So then, of course, there's the talking point of criticism on Joe Judge for running a poorly executed fake field goal on the opening drive and then trying to go for it on fourth and two in the first half and coming up short, about a half yard short. I thought he made that, but half yard short. So what happened was six points were taken off the board. should have been field goals. Those points could have meant a lot given the situation and given what we were doing on offense, and initially I had an issue with it because I knew the Giants were going to have a hard time scoring touchdowns. And I thought that if they can just take all the points that they can get, they would have a chance to win it or have a chance to keep this game closer than it should have been. And they could have if they had those field goals. It would have been an eight-point game down the stretch. Even at half, it would have been within reach. And it didn't exactly work that way. But look, at the same time, I like Judge being aggressive. And I think... At the end of the day, he thought what I was thinking. They were going to struggle to put points on the board and get the ball in the end zone. So they had to force the issue. They had to try to make something out of nothing because if not, that's what we were going to get. It was just going to be a ground and pound from Cleveland. They were going to control the time of possession. And ultimately, they would just run out the time and lose. And if they didn't make something happen, that's what was going to happen. And they tried and it didn't work and it happened anyways. Look... My issue was the execution, and I think Judge would tell you that. It needs to be better. If you're going to make those attempts, it needs to be better. you got to execute those plays, but I don't mind where his head was at. We wanted a fake field goal or a fake punt for the last couple of weeks. We've known Riley Dixon can throw the ball. Hasn't happened. I don't know if this was the game to try it. I get why he did it, and I actually don't mind it now You know, in hindsight, but it is what it is. The, the game is come and gone now. The Giants are still one game out. And they now travel to Baltimore, a team that's probably just as good, if not better, than Cleveland. The standings wouldn't tell you that, but Baltimore just beat Cleveland on Monday night two weeks ago. They're 10.5-point underdogs and will definitely have their handful. Probably one of their best defenses they're going against. Probably one of the best offenses they're going against. But they still have a window of opportunity to hang around going into Week 17. Washington is still starting Dwayne Haskins at quarterback as of now, despite him making it rain at strip club, despite his awful performance against the Seahawks, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was hungry for the strip club buffet after he threw two interceptions. Wanted some chicken wings. I mean, ask Lou Will, ask James Harden. I mean, look at James Harden's weight that he put on. It, It makes sense. That's a Houston strip club. I don't know how Washington strip clubs are, but I get it. You know, sometimes you get hungry after a loss and a terrible performance, and You know what? He deserved it. But all in all, the Washington football team might be down to a third-string quarterback if Haskins comes up with some COVID designation or something for not wearing a mask, whatever it may be. And they're playing the Panthers this week in a game that will decide a lot in this division because if Washington loses, it's a one-game playoff in Week 17. So let's go Panthers. That's a revenge game for Ron uh, Ron Rivera. And I guess a revenge game for the Panthers technically with their new coach because whatever it may be. It's more of a revenge game for Ron Rivera, but still... A lot of animosity between those two teams. But now let's jump over to college football. Go Army, 
beat Air Force. And they did just that. The Black Knights beat Air Force 10-7 to in an almost identical style of game to the Navy game. Army had to fight for this one. Same way with Navy. I mean, every inch had to be earned. And it wasn't without adversity. The Black Knights lost starting quarterback Tyre Tyler midway through the second on a helmet-to-helmet hit, but rallied behind Chase Anderson, who came up with some big conversions throughout the game. But similar to the Navy game, there was hardly any scoring, if any scoring at all. And the game would come down to a crucial fourth and goal at the goal line in the Navy game. Navy had the ball. This time it was Army. With the game on the line inside the final minute and a half, on the one, and Jacoby Buchanan punched it in and the rest is history. Army won their third Commander-in-Chief's trophy over the last four seasons and are now set up for a bowl game, which actually wasn't going to initially happen. So due to COVID and contract situations with bowl games, Army was set to face a Pac-12 school in a bowl game, but almost all of them have opted out due to COVID concerns. So no one was there to play Army, who is a 9-2 football team, a very good school and deserving of a bowl game. But after Tennessee opted out of their bowl game against West Virginia, Army is now set up to face the Mountaineers in the Liberty Bowl on New Year's Eve in Memphis. And it was a little crazy how it all worked out. For a while there, it looked like the college system was all messed up because how are you not going to have a nine-win team in? And a lot of teams with losing records are in due to the COVID season and just the way records worked out. But took no no more than 24 hours for this to get resolved. Army is set to play West Virginia on New Year's Eve and go Army, win a bowl game. Staying in college, let's touch on Rutgers real quick. And the Scarlet Knights had a chance to end the season on a high note and were close to pulling it off, but would fall just short to Nebraska 28-21 to and end the season at 3-6. and Their most wins they've had in three years. Rutgers led this game by a touchdown for the most part, but ultimately couldn't put the Cornhuskers away, went into the fourth quarter, tied and allowed that game-winning touchdown and did not answer it. No Noah Vedral, no starting quarterback for Rutgers, but they went with the two-quarterback unit of Johnny Langdon and Arthur Sikowski, which they had done last game, which resulted in a win for them against Maryland. They were doing the heavy lifting, but they couldn't keep this offense consistent enough. The lone Rutgers touchdown in the second half was a 98-yard kick return. They just couldn't get any points or anything really going on offense, but it's all right. You know, with a grain of salt here and talking about the game, all in all, Rutgers accomplished the progress. I think we were all looking to see from them this season. And although three wins isn't all that much, it's a step in the right direction, especially for them being in the Big Ten. So I think it's time now for Shiano to get in his Shiano copter, hit the recruiting trail, and add some of that big Jersey talent and depth to this roster. With this being a weird COVID year and a lot of people being iffy on where they're going to school and what colleges are doing and all this uncertainty... I think this is a year you can really convince kids who are in New Jersey to stay at home, keep things close, and you know come out and support Rutgers and, and this program. So all the best to Shiano and Rutgers. Hopefully they will win that recruiting battle so this way they can you know inch their way into being even more competitive with those top-tier teams in the Big Ten. But now I'm going to get you guys ready for my conversation with Benny Ricciardi. Benny, again, is here, of course. As a part of FTN Network and FTN Bets, we will go through and break down the full Week 16 slate of games and talk about all the potential line movements and some early favorable matchups that we like and you guys can get money on. We'll also talk about the Jets' recent win over the Rams and what the heck this team is going to look like moving forward. I'm going to check on Benny and make sure he's doing okay. I'm sure he's doing all right, but again, check on those Jet fans, folks. Without a further ado... 
Here he is, Benny Ricciardi. I have the great pleasure of introducing, as always, back again in the holiday spirit. Benny, I have some Christmas music playing before you get on. So we're going to be festive this week. It's, uh, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. And just like Christmas, we're the gift that keeps on giving. The people know, you know, big week last week on this show, winning week on this show. Love to see it. Just in time to get us some money to make some, uh, to get some gifts. Benny, how are you doing? How's Christmas shopping? Did you also have the fantastic week we had on this show and yeah what did you get the kids yeah i think uh, i think a lot of people had a fantastic week last week at least according to some of the uh you know some of the the reports that i listened to on some of the sports book and how much some of the sports book owners were complaining about uh last week I, I never feel bad for sports books when i have a bad week because they have enough good weeks that that kind of make up for it but um if you play teasers like I do, a lot of the teaser pieces that we talked about and that we were on last week wound up coming through. And it was good because a lot of those teams covered teasers but didn't cover their spreads. So there were a lot of like seven and seven and a halves out there and teams winning by like, you know, right on the seven or like, you know, winning by three or four where they didn't cover if you got it and, you know, they covered if you teased and playing a bunch of teasers worked out very, very well. So that was good. As for the second part of your question, it was much needed because I did spend a shitload of money on Christmas. So I have, I have three kids, as you know. So the oldest one wanted the Xbox X. And it's also his birthday today. So shout out to Dylan. Happy birthday, kid. Shout out Dylan. Happy birthday. Yeah. So you met, you've met Dylan before. You, you've seen the little guy. Or not a little guy anymore. He's shit. He's almost a not a little guy anymore. You yeah. have two other little guys. Yeah, the, little, the other two are the little ones. Um, but anyway, so he wanted the Xbox X. So that was his combination birthday Christmas present. The middle guy wanted a computer. So I got him a, uh, you know, like a Chromebook, like a couple hundred bucks. Like nothing, nothing spectacular because there's a very good chance it's going to wind up getting broken within like. Something is spilling on it. Yeah, spilling on it or it's going to get like, you know, <laughs> sat on or something. So, but whatever, you know, the Chromebooks are kind of cheap. You can get one for like a little over 200 bucks right now. And then the little guy wants a TV for his room. And I want the little guy to have a TV for his room because that means I get my TV back in the living room, the big TV, so that I can sit there and watch basketball. And especially now that basketball season has started up, I, I need, you know how it is, man. I need all my televisions right now. So I can't afford to, uh, give one away to him so i just bought him a television because on black friday i got like a 55 inch big screen for him for like 175 bucks so that wasn't bad at all so my kids had a good uh my kids are gonna have a good christmas here and hopefully they're all asleep right now and nobody just heard me tell them what they got so i was worried about that that's why i was cautious (laughs) on it i didn't know if they were waiting for that that's their cue i mean when i was a kid i know what it was you know you wait for your parents to close the door and start you know yeah, it away, find out where they're hiding the, hiding the gifts. But basketball season is here. Basketball season is here. We were talking about yeah. it. I'm hyped. The Nets are playing as we record this. They're rolling. Um, they're up 28 points. The Warriors got to start playing now. The <laughs> the Warriors. Up- Somebody's got to tell the Warriors the game started. 
I don't think it matters. You could tell them it started. The two of them, Kyrie and Durant together right now, is crazy. I've had a lot of friends and a lot of New York Knicks fans especially because I think this is what they pictured now doubting it. They're trying to tell me that, you know, it is what it is. You should still get Harden. And I'm a firm believer that the two of them together is enough because Kyrie was enough with LeBron. I think Durant is just that good, and I view him the same way. Plus, they have one of the best benches in the league, if not the best bench. So. That's great. They um, are deep, deep, deep. Like, there's – they can run 10, 11 guys out there that are all, like, legit. Mind yeah. you, Benny, not to cut you off, I don't know if the people can hear this or if you can hear this, but Santa is on my block right now, actually, the firefighters. Oh, nice. Lovely Weehawken Fire Department just going off. That's been going on in the background. You, there it is. Yeah, I, I hear it. Right I hear now. it. Yeah. So, I missed that sound, yeah. So, you know, we were in the holiday spirit before this happened. Now with Santa on the block, I think it's only right that we fully are in the holiday spirit. But, yeah, Benny, hey, basketball is back. We're the gift that keeps on giving. And despite that noise, I'm going to attempt to continue the show. And let's get into Friday, which I believe is Christmas Day itself. There's going to be tons of basketball on Christmas Day itself. But the yeah. uh, NFL is looking to compete. They have a game on Friday. And – it's a teaser game for me off the rip here. Uh, this is something I liked early and jumped on it uh, yesterday. Vikings on the road, plus seven against the New Orleans Saints, uh, plus 270 on the money line for the Vikings. Over-under is 51 and a half. I think this is a bounce-back game at home for the Saints. Uh, they played the Chiefs pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think I saw enough last week with Breeze and how they're going to run Taysom Hill in that offense. I think they should handle the Saints here. Again, this is a teaser play. I don't love the seven. but at a pick at minus one, I like this early on. Again, we had a push in the Colts. That was a big one. They dominated that game. You got the push, but that was there was a reason why we loved that one, and it was the same thing with the Cardinals. Those sevens kind of suck sometimes. It's two on the money, but these teasers help it. How do, you, uh, how do you look at this game? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been higher than the market on the Saints for about a month now, and I'm not going to change at this point. Um, yeah, they lost last week, but they lost a three-point game to the team that I and most other people have as their number one team in their power ranking. So that's what's supposed to happen. You're, you're supposed to lose to the Chiefs when you play them. And they were, man, they were really, really bad for most of that game and still kept it within a field goal, which is a testament to how good that team is. It's not like Drew Brees. It's not like the Saints back in the day where they relied on Drew Brees to just kind of do everything here. Like, they have a good running game. They have a good line. They have a great defense. Like, you know, again, when you're not playing the Chiefs, the effort they put in last week, which wasn't even their best game, is usually enough to beat a lot of the other teams out there. So I have them as 10.5 in my power rankings number. Um, the number here that I've been seeing is like 7, 7.5 in the market right now. So I don't mind taking them straight up. And then you mentioned it. It's a it's a good teaser piece to start off your week with to uh, tease them down. Here's another thing, too. Like, we got to start thinking about motivations at this time of year, right? So Minnesota at 6-8 and eight is basically eliminated. There's still, like, this weird cockamamie scheme where, like, everybody loses and they win their next two games. Where There's, like, a still a percentage chance that they could make the playoffs, but it's not going to losing happen. to the Bears last week pretty much sealed their Yeah, that was pretty much the end of it for them. And it was actually the – the thing that's going to keep the Bears alive for at least another week here and, and still keep them in the mix, depending on, you know, again, they're going to need some help. A couple teams have to lose here or there, but they're not eliminated yet either. New Orleans, on the other hand, though, 10-4 and four, and tied with Seattle for the second-best record, only one game behind the Green Bay Packers. The Packers play Tennessee this week. That's a tough game. 
The Seahawks play the Rams this week. That's another tough game. It's not crazy to think that after this week, Minnesota, I'm sorry, New Orleans could be 11-4 and four and tied for the potential to have the number one seed. I don't know who would get the tiebreaker. I didn't, I didn't go that deep into it. That's a week 17 homework assignment. Um, for now, I just want to see how everything plays out. But theoretically, they're still alive for anywhere between the one and the six seed. So, you know, New Orleans to me, they got to keep winning. It's a team I like. I don't mind the seven. And like I said, I have no problem if you want to tease it down to one either. I also want to give a shout out to my boy, Bob. He listened in, told me we helped make him some money this week, mainly on teasers. He teased a few games. So that's always nice. It's good that it's resonating with the people. It's always a humbling feeling. I also wanted to note that Saints D is a big reason I like betting on the Saints now. Um, They pushed their line, by the way, last week. I actually was on the Saints. I thought the three was a good number. I wanted it at three and a half, but, you know, I, I played with the three. Still a push. Wasn't a pick on the show, but it was a push in real life as well. I like the one. I like the one. So we can move on. Give me the Saints minus seven for the sake of the show. We'll keep the number, but you know how it goes now. We know the drill. Let's move to Saturday. Let's move to Saturday, and we now have another play-in game. And we talked about the Vikings and the Bears. Now, the Raiders are kind of out of this already, but still, playoff implications on the line here on Saturday. You have the Miami Dolphins on the road, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Las Vegas Raiders. Must win for both teams. The Raiders kind of shot themselves in the foot last week, but they lost Derek Carr. So Marcus Mariota came in, and they lost at the wire to the Los Angeles Chargers. The Dolphins, on the other hand, Betty, that was a game that I thought the Dolphins were my lock, and you were trying to teeter me off and convince me to pick the Patriots on this show. And I did pick them on the show, but I went, my, I went with my gut again. I, that, was, that was another time where uh, I felt like this was Bill Steelers. I was like, you know what? I've been betting the Dolphins. I it, it was weird. You know, I actually was sticking with them because of their defense. That was another mm-hmm. game, I, I, their defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing that held me back was Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. But this is a different Patriots team. This is a different Patriots team. Oh, much different. That. Yeah, much different. Yeah, so that's a pick that went through for me. But two-and-a-half point favorites on the road. Does this number make sense? Obviously, the Dolphins have the better record here. And we talk about who needs it more a little bit. It looks like the Dolphins win this, and they can pretty much – all but lock up one of those wild card spots. Does this number make sense? And which side are you leaning on? Yeah, I actually think the number's a little high. I mean, I, I, my number favors Miami here, right? So that's there. I just think two and a half is a little bit high. But again, we talk all the time about how those points between zero and under three don't really mean anything. Like, they're, you know, whether it's one, whether it's two, whether it's two and a half, like, those numbers don't really mean anything down there. So the Miami side of this game is the side that I want to be on. I do think they win this game. I, I agree with you. I mean, the defense is the thing that really gives me a lot of faith in betting on Miami um, because you know that they're just not going to give up a lot. And even if the offense is without some of these guys, although it does look like guys like Parker and Gasecki and, and maybe even Gaskins are going to be likely to play, which would make me like Miami even more, to be honest with you. Um, even if those guys don't, like, you don't need a very good offense to score on the Raiders. Like, the Raiders' biggest problem is their defense is just absolute trash. It's, it's a turnstile. You know, it doesn't really make a difference. The offense is – the Raiders have a legitimate NFL offense right now. The problem is their defense is nowhere near the caliber it needs to be to slow down teams enough to give their offense a chance. So Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, it doesn't really matter. I actually honestly like Mariota more than I like Carr. Yeah, he adds I a, too. Yeah, he adds a dimension to that offense that 
you have to worry about if you're a defensive coordinator and that opens up other things, you know, they start running some of that read option stuff and then you start getting linebackers standing in cement, not knowing whether to go or whether to come forward. And then, you know, you have guys like uh, Waller cutting right behind them and being wide open in the middle of the field or, you know, some of these wide receivers on these crossing routes and stuff like that. When you run that read option, it gives you a couple extra seconds that you normally don't get when you're just, you know, dropping back and getting that pass rush because a lot of those guys freeze. And that's what the whole thing is about. When you run the read option, the whole thing is about making somebody freeze and then figuring out which guys are overcommitting or not overcommitting and then attacking where the weakness is. That's, that's why it's such a tough offense to stop. And you can't run that offense with a Derek Carr. You can run that offense with, with Marcus Mariota. And I just think it gives, you know, Las Vegas another, another dimension there, which is obviously not good as we're talking about betting on the Miami Dolphins here. But at the same point in time, like you said, the Dolphins need this game to help with their seeding. That's the side of this game I really want to be on right here. I, it is I like good for my next play, though, Benny. I, I, okay. I was waiting to go off because I was thinking the same thing. So for me, I don't know how you're doing in terms of season-long fantasies. I know you don't really do that anymore, but it's championship week. I got some Raiders. I'm going against some Raiders. This is a matchup. Dolphins-Raiders, it's fishy for me. It's kind of making me get my eyes perked up because I feel like this is going to be a big fantasy game, a big fantasy day. Both sides are going to be competing. Over-under is only 47 and a half. Still, you know, roughly high, not the highest that we have here. There's a lot of 47s, but I like the over. I really like the over here. I like the Dolphins' defense, but I do think maybe the Dolphins put up like 35 here with like a defensive touchdown, and the Raiders are are not going to die. They're not going to say die. Um, I like Waller in one-on-one coverage. Jacobs is finally almost fully healthy. And like you said with Mariota, I think they're going to give him something uh, to uh, watch. I like the over. I like the over as a play. I'll take the Dolphins' money line as well. But, yeah, as you were saying that about the Raiders' offense, and as much as we love the Miami defense, good defense could get scored on sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, nobody shuts everybody out. Nobody – I mean, most of the time you don't even shut anybody out. One one thing I want to add here real quick, though, about the New England-Miami game last week. So, when we talked about it, New England was plus two and a half, plus 120-something or 125, 126, something like that. By kickoff of that game, it swung to New England being favored by one point. Now, this is something that I always talk about, you know, with you too. Is like, what I try to do is be on the right side of the market. So if you get the number at the right time, so you're on the right side before the market moves, at kickoff, you could have gotten Miami at plus 105. I know this because I took Miami at plus 105 at kickoff. So basically I had New England at plus 124, Miami at plus 105. No matter what happens, I was winning money on that game. So it didn't really make that big a deal to me what that was. I basically bought back and guaranteed myself a profit there. Because honestly, I, and I said this when we talked about it last week, it's like I wasn't really comfortable when my numbers showed me that New England was a side. But when I see that, more often than not, the market comes to the numbers. You know, the market comes to what, I, what I'm looking at. Because a lot of other guys that are betting a lot of money are using very similar numbers and very similar methods to get the numbers that I am. So when I saw the market come back into my side, I said, hey, I can guarantee a profit and get out of here on a bet that I wasn't very comfortable with anyway, but it was just the one that the numbers were pointing out. So I basically got myself to the point where no matter what happened there, I won a couple bucks. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people break my chops when I try to do that. They say, don't not to bet both sides. Listen, I'm just trying to make money, man. Don't tell me how to gamble. But that's a smart move. 
And I want to start with something. And you congratulated me be- before I got on the air because I finally put a bet in on Monday. I normally put my bets nice. in after the show on Tuesday. And the matchup we're going to start with, and this is a game that I ended up on the right side of the line here, on the right side of the money, is the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, for people who listen to Clapback Sports and follow me, I gave out the Saints as a really good play last night and said that would be a great teaser. And I had the Colts there at two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. And that was as the Steelers were playing and losing at the time. But we'll, we'll, we'll move on. The Steelers are one-and-a-half-point dogs at home, plus 112 on the money line, over-under is 44-and-a-half. I love the Colts. I loved them when they were dogs. I love it even more now that they're favorites here. I can't say enough about it. Look, I think when it comes down to it, Steelers D is really rattled. I, I understand at this point that, you know, it's a team going down. It's a team going up. The Steelers are easy to pick on while they're down. But I just think when it comes to football, the Colts are clicking offensively. They're running the shit out of the ball. Phillip Rivers seems a little bit more comfortable. And again, that defense, Steelers D is not the same right now. They can't run the ball to save their lives. And they're in disarray after Juju got knocked the fuck out and fumbled. And they are in TikTok controversy over there. So I think there's just too much going on with the Steelers for me to even feel confident. I love the Colts before all that shit happened last night. Love them even more now. Yeah, I mean, basically my numbers have the Steelers as minus one, right? But again, you talk about motivation. Like the Steelers starting out 11-0 and means that they already clinched their playoff spot. Indianapolis still needs a win to clinch theirs. Indianapolis is technically fighting for the division this week. And again, they have a tough game against Pittsburgh, but they're fighting for the division with Tennessee, who has a tough game against Green Bay. And both of those teams are sitting at 10 and 4. So, you know, extra motivation for them to win here. Like I said, my numbers have Pittsburgh. I would not be betting on Pittsburgh right now. I do not feel comfortable with it. And just because you have a slight edge doesn't mean you have to take it. It's not like my number is like Pittsburgh minus seven. I think it's like Pittsburgh minus one or like 1.25 or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like, I, I think the number right now, again, no man's land under the three. So the swing back and forth is not a big deal. But you mentioned that. Like, did you, you took the money line with the with – oh, Yeah, the, I, I, t- I took the money line. It was just a money line bet. I took them. I believe it was at like – since they were at two and a half, it was maybe one – Like a plus 115, plus 120, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. right. Um, again, now, if the Steelers – what can you get the Steelers at right now? They're, they're probably still so – Plus 112 on betonline.ag. Um, also, Benny, do you think this line's an overreaction in any way based mainly off that Bengals game? I mean, obviously the movement isn't too drastic. It's not like this is crazy. I mean, I still think it's a no man's land like we talked about, so the point doesn't even really matter uh, to me. But is this an overreaction or is this kind of based on where the Steelers are just stacking up, at so, least compared to the Colts? I mean, I don't want to say it's an overreaction, right, because we watched – we watched that game the other night, and they didn't look good at all. Like, Ben Roethlisberger does not look good under center. Um, you know, Benny Snell actually was the one guy that looked like he was trying to win that game for them. And they're already talking about bringing James Conner back and, and Benny Snell kind of losing that, uh, you know, losing all those carries that he had. He looked good. I think he had 14 or 15 carries for, like, 80-something yards. Like, five yards a carry, almost six yards a carry. You can't be mad about that. Like, that's, that's really, really good production right there. But you mentioned the defense before. I think that's the big problem. Remember a couple of weeks ago when they lost Devin Bush? I think that was, that was the, like the beginning of the end, kind of. I, I, I know that's messed up to say, but the defense hasn't been the same since. I mean, they still have some guys up front that can, 
get some pressure, and they still have some pretty good secondary. But look how they lost that game. I mean, they basically lost that game because since he was able to run on them. I think Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard had, what, like 24 carries in that game or Dude, something? and that's – remember when we were talking about the Bill Steelers game, and shout-out to Steph. Tells me every week that the Steelers can't fucking run the ball, and if a team runs the ball, they're yeah. not going to be able to handle it. I came on here preaching to you during the Bills game. I was like, they're just going to run the ball and be able to manage a game better. Like, and here's the thing. You don't need to overpower someone with running the ball. You don't even have to fucking score. But if you have success running the ball, it dictates your offense, especially with a guy like Josh Allen in that game. And even a guy like Brian Finley, you saw him using his legs. It, it opens the game up to so many other things. Big Ben can't move, and they can't run the ball. So that pocket, when they know it, it's – it's a pass. The Bengals were doing it all last night. You're just collapsing the pocket. Yep. He has nowhere to go. He has no fucking help right now. And it's crazy. And his receivers are dropping passes too. Deontay so, Johnson's been great. He drops everything and Juju has not been the same. Yeah. And, you know, while we're giving shout outs, I give, I give a shout out to my boy, uh, Joe Pizapia, who I do uh, a show with over there. Joe was basically talking about this today because we were talking about the Steelers game on air over at Sports Grid today. And he basically said to me, the biggest thing that he noticed, if you look at the PFF grades for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line this year, they have some very good offensive linemen, guys that have even been to a Pro Bowls before, you know, guys like Pouncey, who's like considered one of the best in the league, but all of them have bad grades this year. Like they're, the offensive line is really what's kind of let them go. And it has a lot to do with everything we're talking about here. It's like the offensive line's not good, so they're not running the ball well behind them. The offensive line hasn't been good, so Ben doesn't have the kind of time he needs. And also, Ben hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks either. I hate to say it, but, you know, listen, Eli Manning is already playing golf and hanging out and retired and, and chilling with his rings. You got the two guys that were drafted with him in Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger going at it this weekend. And honestly, if you've watched those two guys this year, neither one of them looks like the, you know, peak physical selves that they were, which I understand, man, as a guy who just turned 40, like, you can't do the same things you used to do when you were in your early 20s here. But, um, you know, these two guys have been around the league for a while. When you get to be a quarterback that's like this late in your career, even Tom Brady, right, which is my problem with Tampa Bay this year, you have to be a game manager secondary piece. There's, they're no longer the guys that you give the ball to and say, go sling this 50 times and get me a win. We're going to not, like, have anything around you. We're going to put a, a crappy defense around you. Well, not really crappy, but – we're going to put a subpar defense around you, a subpar line around you, and, you know, throw any running back back there, and we're just going to expect you to go win game for us. In their 20s, they can do that. Patrick Mahomes' age, you can do that. Deshaun Watson's age, you can kind of do that. When you get up to these, being these guys that are in their late 30s, they need to be the secondary piece, not the primary piece, if you really want to win. And I think that's the problem that the Steelers have run into right now. It's like, if you're expecting Ben Roethlisberger's arm to carry you to a Super Bowl, you're not going to get there at this point. Thousand percent. And I think large in part too, yeah, Devin Bush, but but Dupree, little by little, they just started to get their defense just chipped away. I mean, the depth of that defense just started to chip away and a lot of holes opened up. But I do think a big part of it, and people hate it, when I say a middle linebacker is a very valuable part of a defense, especially a very good one, because you don't notice it, but they set the table. Oh, yeah. yeah, especially in the run game. It changes a lot, especially a piece like that, a young, good one like Devin Bush. And this was like second, third year in the league. 
He was not, really not even just setting the table, but he also is the guy who calls their defense. And that's yeah. not an easy thing to replace because no. now you have other people who are trying to learn that role or who aren't used to being the guy making those reads and making those calls that are now making those reads and making those calls. And again, anytime you're doing something new, you're going to have a learning curve. And we've seen the last three weeks that that learning curve is pretty high. And that's why, uh, that's why they've been dropping some of these games. I think what's happening too with the linebacker position, it's, a lot of outside linebackers tend to be the more recognized linebackers in today's day and age, like the Cleo Max of the world, people who drop in coverage, make plays off the edge and more pure, uh, pure pass rushers, which is great. You know, th- those guys are great, but the Jordan Hickses of the world don't get any recognition, but they're going to rack up like a hundred plus tackles. And those are my guys. Those are the guys I root for. Okay. I'm biased, but show the love, show love the linebackers more. Someone who didn't get love, Blake Martinez, Pro Bowl snub, such bullshit. Can't believe he didn't fucking make it. Let's move I actually on. agree. Him not making it and Evan Ingram making it doesn't make any fucking don't, sense. Don't get me wild, though. Yeah. You know what? Now I know what game we're going to get to. So I promised the people I'd get your reaction for this. And this is how I'm going to start this. First, okay. I just want to ask you, are you okay? Mentally, physically, is everything okay? Anything you want to talk about? No, nah, man, I got, I got a delivery from California this week. So I've been chill. I've been good. I just, I just think it's important to check in on your Jets fans. You know, your Jet fan friends, you know, and that's how I just want to start this. I, I want to make sure everything's all right with you and nothing serious happened over the last couple of days as a result of the game. Um, before we get into the Browns at the Jets, that's the game we're going to get to because both of the teams, uh, the Browns beat the Giants, the Jets picked up their first win. Really, I just want to know where you're at. How are you feeling now that the dust has settled? Has anything changed with you? Are are you okay with this? I played your boy Herm Edwards earlier in this episode. You played to win the game. And I justified it. The Jets have been playing to win the game. Have they not? No. This uh, is, with the exception of the Raiders game, yes. Well, the Raiders and the Patriots, though. Like, in, in, in hindsight, the Jets could have two wins. We're, you're almost lucky that they only have the one win. Listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. Like the Jets are really not a one, I, and I you know I've been railing on this team from the beginning. They're not a one and thirteen team. Like they're they're a little bit better than that. I'm again, they're not a they're not a playoff team. They're not a five hundred team. They're not anything like that. But they're better. They're an NFL organization. You you have sixteen games. You'd think yeah. you could win a few. Yeah, they're better <laughs> than one and thirteen. Now this to me this also goes to coaching though. It's like you know your coach if you have bad coaching. Bad coaching will take games that you should have won and lose them for you. Ask the Chargers. They've had it happen to them quite a few times this year. But the Jets are in the same kind of boat. They've had some bad coaching decisions that have cost them a couple games that make them look even worse than they are. But here's the deal. I mean, listen, you do. You play to win the game, and then at the end of the year, whatever pick you get, you get. I am not somebody who's going to say, yeah, I want the team to go out there and tank. Like, that's, that's just not the way it is for me. You know, like, you just – you go out there, you try to win the game, and you see where it, where it lands. I think Jets fans have gotten so enamored with the idea that Trevor Lawrence is the answer, which I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, is not the answer. You do not fi- fix a franchise with one player. The Jets need a multiple, multitude of things. They need a multitude of things on both sides of the football, too. So I actually think this is a little bit of a blessing in disguise because, really – you made your investment in Sam Darnold. If that was the investment you made at the time, you traded picks for him, you moved up to get him. If that's your guy, then that's your guy. And the best thing you could do if that's your guy, as the Jaguars are going to find out now, assuming that everything works out the way it's going this year, you need to do everything you can to make that guy successful. You need to put a line around him so he doesn't get killed. 
You need to put some skill position players out there so that he can go and, and make some plays. And then you need to put a defense on the other side over there because when you have a young quarterback, you can't ask him to go out there and win every football game for you. And by the time your defense starts deteriorating a little bit, hopefully he's to the point where he can be that guy that carries the franchise for you while you get that side of the ball fixed because there's salary caps in football and you can't just go out there and, and solve all your problems in, at one time. Now, with that being said, as a Jets fan, man, I am heartbroken right now that they went out and won that game because whether they decided to draft Trevor Lawrence or not, whether they decided to keep Sam Darnold or not, just having that capital, having that number one overall pick, like I said, even if you don't take Lawrence and you decide to stick with Sam Darnold, that number one overall pick, especially with a guy like Trevor Lawrence out there, would have been worth multiple first rounders. And the Jets already have multiple first rounders because of the Jamal Adams trade and some other moves that they've made. Like you could have ended up being able to fill six or seven holes that you have with first, second, or early third round picks. You know, you could have gotten five guys that are top 75 prospects in the draft, which would have done a lot to help rebuild this team. The problem I have out there is behind Trevor Lawrence, there's no superstar that teams are really, and, and maybe this changes. I don't know. Maybe when the whole draft process goes along, somebody really stands out that everybody wants a cornerback or, or something like that. But right now the drop off between the number one pick and whoever is the second pick in the draft, is so big that I don't know what kind of value that pick will have. With that being said, we have to talk about the uh, Chicago bears game later. Because the Chicago Bears game is one I want to give my fellow Jet fans as a hedge on their mental sanity, and I'll explain it later. I like that. I like that. I don't have it written down, but that's perfect. You know, as I passed that game, I was like, why do I feel like we'll get to this game? I do know sure. it has implications in terms of that. By the way, you want, to, you want to hear another funny hedge? Last night, I was going um, against someone who needed 50 points plus combined from Big Ben and Chase Claypool in order to beat me. I needed less than that um, for the championship game. And so I bet two touchdowns for Chase Claypool, put a little something, something there. Yeah. If you're going to lose, if you're going to lose or you're going to drive yourself crazy, you might as well try to help yourself out. Just think ahead. Think ahead of the misery. You can never, you never be miserable in the moment. It'll be more of a long-term thing. You stretch it out. But as long as you saw it coming, you know, help you yourself. Want to, you want to hear something funny along those lines? Yeah. Um, one of my buddies was down to seven people left in a um, survivor pool. And six of them had the Rams this week. Six of the seven had the Rams. Holy so the shit. The one guy that didn't have the Rams wound up winning it. But what my boy did, which I thought was really smart, and I told him, I said, you know what, for a fucking moron, you're pretty smart with what you did here. He took the Jets in game when they were up 10 nothing, I think, at – I forget what number he told me he got it. It was definitely plus money, like plus 135 or plus 150. So When they were still the getting positive team. odds. I remember people turn on your notifications. I did bet the Jets there too. Yeah, I so that's, I, I tweeted it out because I was like, dude, the Jets are up 13 right now and they're plus 135 or whatever. And it was right after the Rams either had like an interception or a mm -hmm. or like punt. I forget what it was. It was after like, the one-handed grab. Once I saw Bryce yeah. Hall make that one-handed grab, I was like, the interception, I, I, I was sold. I was yeah. like, it's happening. <laughs> this yeah. is happening. No, without a doubt. So, I mean, he, he was able to not only cover the cost of the survivor like entry that he had, but also give himself a little bit of a profit there, whereas really he would have wound up with zero if he didn't do anything there. So, you know, there's always ways for you to, to lessen the impact of something bad happen, especially when you're 
13 nothing, and you're like, shit, there's a real chance that this could actually yeah. go that way. Um, and that's exactly what happened for him. So. My favorite thing to do is hedge on an underdog. I mean, that's the best thing to do, best time to hedge. So, yeah, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. But let's get into the game. Uh, we didn't get to it. I don't plan on betting the Jets this week. Uh, they have been pretty good against the number. But another double digits. This is shot up. So BetOnline has this at minus 10, but that's positive odds in favor of the Browns. Minus 430 on the money line, but plus 107 at minus 10. So is this at 10.5 probably most places? I'd assume then they're probably getting the hook if that's at plus 107. No, if you're if – you're, what do you, what'd you say it was minus 10 plus 1 something? Yeah, minus 10 is plus what? So it'd be less, 9.5? So it would be 9.5. Yeah, it would be going down right there. So 9.5 is the number. They're asking you to lay the full 10, so they're paying you more than the even money. Or I should say more than minus 110, which is what Well, I guess I would like the 9.5 a little bit better here, honestly, because you'd be under the 10. But I honestly have full confidence here that the Browns um, – you know what? I just did it. You see what I just did? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – I'm picking the Jets to cover the 10. I already – I'm stopping it. I'm stopping. I'm picking the Jets. Picking I mean, the Jets, the Jets based, on the, based on the number, the Jets are the side you should be on. I legitimately was like, you know, I just like the Browns. I like the Browns. And then we say it every week when the Browns are favorited. Hold on. And they're favorited by double digits on the road. So here's the thing. And I talked to some Browns people. Um, we were on Browns Nation for a post-game podcast after the Giants-Browns game. And they said that they're happy that the Jets won because it wipes out the chance of a trap game. And maybe – Maybe for an overall loss, but I don't think that means the Jets are going to play any worse. You know, I still think they're going to come out probably and play just the same way they played with the Rams. The Jets, mind you, have scored in eight consecutive first possessions. Oh, I did actually, I did actually want to talk about this because I, I yes. almost, dude, I almost pulled off the greatest freaking play of my life last week. And I, I said this because I knew it was, it was seven going into that game. So I took Richard Perryman and Jamison Crowder for first touchdown. And fucking Ty Johnson catches the fucking – I was like, are you kidding me right now? I'm like, dude, I went against – and they were like – I want to say that Perryman was like 16-1 to 1, or, or Crowder was 16-1 to 1 and Perryman was 18-1. to 1. Like, if they were both – like, it would I put 100 on both and it would have paid like $1,500, $1,600 for both of them if either one of them hit. And I saw the touchdown and I went, yes. And then I saw the back of the jersey and I was like – Fuck. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I could have had so much money on this. But that's a great point that you make is somehow, some way, for some reason, the Jets keep scoring first in all these games that they play. And if you look at it because they've been the underdog, especially last week when you're like a 17-point underdog, all like Nick Chubb is going to be the guy who's the shortest price on first touchdown, and he's going to be like plus 500 this week or something like that. You're going to get anybody you want on a Jets at four-digit odds. It's going to be plus 1,000, plus 12, plus 18, something like that. So, again, I don't know. I mean, the variance of this, it makes no sense that they would score first in all these games and lose all these goddamn games. But they do tend to come out there on their scripted series and score the first time out there. So, not crazy if you want to take some shots on, you know, again, I don't know who it's going to be. Like I said, I, I took all the receivers last week. And it wound up being the one receiver I didn't take. So most of the time it ends up being a field goal. Like in Seattle, they scored the three and then gave up uh, straight points. So most of the time it's a field goal, but I do like where your head's at. Look, I, I think I haven't bet. I, I don't think I pick the jets all year on this show with you. And I think why not? Why not now? I, I think everyone's just going to look past it. And 
10 points is a lot of points. If I could get this 10 and a half somewhere, that's a lot of points. The Jets, the Jets would love to backdoor there. So, hey, you already won one. The Bengals won. So, if they win another one, it doesn't even fucking matter. So, like, they'll just be two anyways. They'll just lock that up. So, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Over-under is 47. One more game here. Sunday, 1 p.m. Falcons, another 10 and a half point. Dog. Minus 105 for that at the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus 430 on the money line for the Falcons. Over-under is at 54. The Chiefs are back to normal here. Um, Last week, we got them at three. We said we're going to bet the Chiefs. So this way, uh, you know, maybe we could finally win on the Chiefs and the number. And guess what? They pushed. So it didn't even matter. Um, Ten and a half. Back to double digits. I don't really know where to go in this game. I guess I would want to bet the over total here just because of the offenses and what's going on in this game. But I don't know. That seems a little too easy for me. Tell me something about this game. What am I missing? Does the number make sense? And what are you going to play? Or are you not touching this? All right. Well, again, last or Monday night actually changed a lot of things here for me. So let's start. Let's start. Well, you asked me a couple of questions. So let's answer them one at a time. My number here is 13. So there's value on the Kansas City side. But again, I said we have to talk about motivation this week. If the Steelers win against Cincinnati, the Steelers are, what, 12-2, and two, which means that they're only one game behind Kansas City, which means that Kansas City is not able to put it into neutral and downshift and, and not worry about what goes on. But this, the Steelers did not win. The Steelers lost. The Steelers are 11-3. and three. The Chiefs are 13-1 and one right now. There's two games left. The Chiefs do not need to win either one of them to be the number one overall seed. So going into yesterday, when I did the, the video that I do every Sunday night where I take my first look at the lines, I basically said, yeah, the one thing we don't have to worry about this week, because I was just assuming the Steelers were going to win, is that every team is motivated to keep playing for their playoff you know, lives. That changed. That changed this morning when we woke up and saw what happened to Pittsburgh last night. I don't know if Kansas City is going to treat this game like normal and go out there, but I'm really worried about it now because they don't have to. And the thing is, they may go out there and the starters may go and play the first half and they may play normal or they may wind up going up or down a touchdown. And they may just say, you know what, screw it. We don't really need this game right now. And once you get to that point, I I can't put money on games like that because Mm. there's no way to account for whatever percentage of that happening is happening. And the fact that it could happen is something that I can't, mathematically model out to tell whether or not I'm going to be on the wrong Clyde side. got hurt. Clyde got hurt already last week. I mean, at this point, you're, the Chiefs are probably looking at it. Granted, they have the bye, but why get anyone else hurt? I think the right. only motivation uh, that I think the offense would at least have is Mahomes kind of fighting for that MVP. True. I mean, he could win it back-to-back. I know he's the favorite, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that's moved. I know well, Rodgers. Let, let me ask you this question, right? What's yeah. Patrick Mahomes right now, 23, 24 years old? He's going to have more opportunities to win. The right. Game, What's right? more important, getting Patrick Mahomes at 23 or 24 another MVP or making sure that Patrick Mahomes is ready to go in the playoffs where you can get him another Super Bowl? Because, oh, yeah. listen, those trophies are nice. Like, they look good up on your mantle and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, to steal a line from my boy Herm Edwards again, like, you play to win the game. You play to win the Super Bowl. That's, mm. that's the goal. Like, you don't strap on the pads the first day of, you know, minicamp and say, man, I can't wait to be the MVP. You say, like, man, I can't wait to be the Super Bowl MVP. Like, that's, that's really what you're playing for here. So, I, I mean, again, I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm, and I'm not saying this to scare people away. It's like, oh, the Chiefs are going to sit all their guys this week. 
But it's just the fact that they could at any point in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked about it, just makes me say, you know what? We got 14, 15 other games we can bet on. Like, we're going to just put my money on I got other- a question for you. I got a fantasy question for you. Now, obviously, we, we talk about it. You don't want to get cute, but this is a predicament, and someone actually asked me this. They were hesitant on Mahomes this week, and I didn't really know why. And they have an opportunity. Mainly, they were going to pick up Jalen Hurts um, against Dallas because the other guy had Big Ben. So it was very clear that he's going to go for another option in the championship. Uh, so he was going to do it just to block him out. But now he's considering, do you start a guy like Jalen Hurts who just came off a QB1 fantasy day? I know we weren't Hurts believers, but against this Dallas defense, do, do you tow the waters? Do you tow the line there? Do you try to get cute with it? Or, you know, how do you manage that? How, how, do, you, how do you tell people to, you know, be I mean, careful with Chiefs players this week? Like, there's, there is a legitimate – you know, legitimate timeline that has Mahomes not playing the entire game. Now, with that being said, though, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons with their starting running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, probably not playing here and going with the backup in Le'Veon Bell. So I don't see them giving Le'Veon Bell 25 carries here today. So you know that Mahomes is still going to throw the ball. He may not play the fourth quarter, and he may still have 350-3 and three before they that's a, that's See, that's a really good point. And, yeah. and I told him instantly, you don't not start Mahomes. I do think he should definitely pick up Hurts to make sure the other guy can't get him. I think that's a great play. But I did think it was an interesting question because you're coming off the hot hand in a QB1 um, in fantasy the week before. It's hard to try to toe the line on that. But how are you not going to start Mahomes? And that's, that's me every week. And look – Last week, shout out to my boy, Matt Crone. We're giving out shout outs all week, but I'm getting hit up on fantasy advice. And I thought I made the wrong call for him. He asked me Keenan Allen or Gabriel Davis last week. And I told him Keenan Allen because you start your guys. And for a while there, we thought that was going to be costly. And, you know, Gabriel Davis could have done a lot of things. Gabriel Davis put up one point more and Keenan Allen could have done better, but he's on a low management. Look, sometimes even if guys aren't going to play the full game or aren't getting the workload that they're used to, I mean, that's a bad example in terms of him capitalizing on it. But with Mahomes, maybe he is managed for time and possessions. But his success rate on, what, if he gets three, four drives is better than most average quarterbacks and could probably put up some fantasy numbers over that time. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Jalen Hurts a lot this week against Dallas. Yeah. That defense is horrible, and he really showed me something last week. Do I think he's going to go for – what do you have, like 330 and 50 or 60 yards? He had 38 fantasy points, I think. Yeah. So. Well, he had 40 on DraftKings with the bonus. <laughs> so, you know, like, obviously, like, that's, that's just a monster day. Do I think he's going to repeat that? Like, no. Like, that is, you know, that is a pretty unsustainable number for a quarterback to get. If a quarterback is putting up those kind of numbers every week, they're going to wind up winning the MVP. And I really don't think that – I think Jalen Hurts can be very good. I just don't think he's there yet where – they you still know, lost. They there. still lost. Yeah, the exactly. Game. Like, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, it was a high scoring game and they still lost. Like they were, you know, a lot of things went right for him and it still didn't really work out. Well, the one way. drive he had like, you know, eight to 10 of those points, just scrambling alone. He had like a 30 yard scramble and then like a 20 yard rushing touchdown. So I, that was, that was a bulk of those points there. Yeah. So here, here's my thing is I agree with you that you play your studs, right? You, the more often you have, you have, these guys are studs for a This reason. is the championship now too. I mean, you've that's, made it this far, unless it's like he's actually suffering from an ailment. You got to keep him out there. So here was a question we had earlier today that I thought was a pretty good one is Jalen Hurts versus um, Tannehill this week. That would be a question where I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I would lean Hurts in that situation there. Um, not that I don't like Tannehill this week either against Green Bay, but I mean, like, that would be a place where I would, I would lean Hurts. 
But when it's Patrick Mahomes, like, dude, it's Patrick Mahomes. Ready? Here's another one, too. So this yeah. is a, a snap decision, too. I kind of jumped it. But Josh Allen, and he's playing the Patriots. They're like, well, last time he played the Patriots, he didn't do so great. For me, it's like I'm not, not starting Josh Allen. There's just no way. There's no way. I love Jalen Hurts' production right now. I just think now is not the time. No. Now is not the time. No. Think about what that guy has done for your team at that. You're not there without him to begin with. You Dude, Josh Allen is honestly, and it sucks because he's not going to get the credit for it, but Josh Allen is arguably the MVP of the league this year. I think he is too. I think yeah. he's really going to get it. He's not going to get it. It's going to go to Mahomes or Rodgers, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's been unbelievable for a team that most people put it this way. If he didn't take the step forward that he took forward this year, I don't think the Buffalo Bills are as good as Buffalo Bills are. You want to know why, too, I think he's not getting MVP? is because in his biggest games, they didn't necessarily or he didn't perform the way he should have against the Titans and the Chiefs. And that's a big – and I get it. it. It should kind of be held against him on how you hold up against the other MVP candidate. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a body of work for me. I mean, again, though, he's what, a 23, 24-year-old kid? All these guys in the same draft as Sam Darnold, and, and the Jets had to go and trade up to get Sam Darnold because they were worried that they weren't going to get a good quarterback out of this draft. I'm convinced Josh, Josh Allen would have died in New York anyways. The, the, the Jets, that's what I said. And by the way, I didn't even let you know that you pretty much said everything I said earlier in the show, but I figured okay. you'll just hear it later on. But I said the same thing. It's a blessing in disguise. You should get Penny Sewell next to – um, Makai Becton, that makes a lot of fucking sense. And, you know, just run with it. But, hey, you know, what do I know? What do I know? I guess the Jets know more than me. No. Probably not. No. Yo, and the, here's the other thing. I said it can't get much worse, but probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it at this point as a Jets fan. <laughs> we'll get worse. They're just going to trade away everyone oh wait they already did that 4 p.m sunday rams on the road against the seattle seahawks here this is a pick em, a flat out pick em. the rams are plus 105 here at bet online over under is 47 i don't really have a play on this game yet mainly because the los angeles rams are fraudulent and lost to the jets and the seattle seahawks barely beat the washington football team who started dwayne haskins and they've also lost to the giants who had a backup quarterback so both of these teams are kind of wishy-washy but this is a game. You talk about motivation, and I understand it's a pick em. This is for the division at this point. This yep. is pretty much for the division. So I, I know the numbers aren't going to tell us a lot. I'm curious on where you lean or where the rankings are. Obviously, the Rams have the better D, but you know what? I'm going to take Seattle at home here. They are the slight favorite. This will just be a money line play. I wouldn't put a game like this in your parlay. Way too close. But just for the sake of a pick em, give me Seattle. I think Russ is a little more battle-tested. And look, Goff just scares the shit out of me. I tell you this all the time with the Rams. I know it's not enough. I know their defense is really, really good. It just scares the shit out of me. We bet on quarterbacks. I don't like betting on Jared Goff. So a couple things here for everybody to understand. Um, I think part of the reason why the Rams lost last week, and I'm not making excuses for the Rams whatsoever. Like It was a horrendous loss. There's no, there's no way around it for them. But part of the reason why it wasn't that big a deal is because they honestly didn't care. And I know that sounds horrible, but if you listen to Jared Goff after the game, like they were basically looking past the Jets because really that game did not matter to them whatsoever. Um, if they beat Seattle here and they win next week, they're, they're still the champions of that division because they'll be tied with Seattle at worst and they have the tiebreaker. Um, again, if they would have just beat the Jets, then if they won this game, they would have locked it up. But it is what it is. They have to go out and win this game here. So I do think they're going to be focused, whereas last week I think they were just 
you know how it is, man. Like, dude, I, I coach high school basketball. You literally played for me when we did that. When we had big games against some of the teams that were our rivals, the St. Mary's and the, you know, the Woodridges, like the game before we would play like McNair or something like that because that was usually a softer game for us because we knew that you guys were not going to have your heads in the game right there, that you were going to be looking ahead for that big game that we had. So when we were in high school, quick story, I remember it was the opposite. It was the end of the season. It was uh, our senior year, and we're going to play Woodridge the next two days would be for the league title. And we had to still beat Hasbrook Heights, but it didn't really matter because we had beat Woodridge already, but they're a really good team, and they were, they were close. Anyways, we won that game by the skin of our balls. Like, yep. I mean, at the, at the line, I think it was on like a missed free throw. And, you know, as you're talking about it, I, I do remember, you know, even against a good team, you don't overlook them, but most of the time you get caught up in a moment, especially if you're going to play for a, a league or division title a week away and this doesn't necessarily really matter, even though it does, you just overlook it. You, you just yeah. overlook it or, you, you know, your head is not all the way there. But then again, then you get your head screwed back on for the important game, which is what I expect the Rams to do here. So numbers-wise, I have the Rams as minus one. So I had the Rams being favored in this game. They should be the team that's favored here, even on the road when I factor in the home field advantage and everything else there. This line actually opened up. The opening line here was two and a half. So the Rams were actually two and a half point underdogs here. Um, what are they now? You said the Rams are favored or it's a pick em or something? What was it's the number a pick them. yep. Plus okay, so 105 in favor of the Rams. Yeah, so it's a pick them right now. If you can still get the Rams at plus money on the money line, I mean, listen, I talk about this all the time, right? When there's the game that's a coin flip, if I think it's 50-50, which is exactly kind of the way I look at this, and I actually don't even have this as a coin flip. I have it, like, slightly leaning to the Rams. And you're going to give me plus money on a team that I'm slightly leaning to anyway. That's a good bet to make. Does it mean that you're going to win this bet? Do you mean, like, if you say to me, Benny, I have one bet and I need to win this bet in order to pay my rent this week, this is not the game that you bet on. But when you look at it throughout an entire season, if you give me 20 of these coin flip situations and I'm getting plus money on the team that I slightly favor in all 20 of those situations, over the course of the season, even if I just win half of them, which is what you should do on a coin flip, you should win half and you should lose half. But if the half that you win, you're getting plus 105, plus 110, plus 112, plus 120, you're going to end up with a profit at the end of the year. And that, that is what sports gambling is all about here. Is it's not winning every single bet that you make. It's putting yourself in the situation where the bet has positive expected value every single time. And at plus 105 here on the Rams, there's positive expected value. So this would be a game where I would be willing to take the Rams side of it if you're getting plus money. Now, again, like the New England Patriots and the Miami game the other week. If this swings from the Rams being a one-point underdog at plus 105 to the other side of this game where Seattle is now plus 110 or plus 115 and you haven't had a bet on it yet and you wanted to put a bet on it, I would tell you the exact same thing I just said for the Rams for Seattle. If it's a coin flip and the other side of the game is giving you 110, then that's where the value is. And that's, that's the thing about sports betting is I'm not always playing the – hunch I think I have or the you know the team I think is going to win I'm playing the numbers and if the numbers are telling me that it's a coin flip and I'm getting better than plus money on it I don't really care who the team is I'm betting on them I like that I was about to switch to the Rams but you know what I am not going to touch this game until day of I'll keep the Seahawks as a pick or, or closer to the game time I 
I could see this swaying in favor of the Rams. I think maybe that's an early jump with this uh, being a pick 'em, just giving the home doll, uh, the home team, a little bit of uh, favoritism here. But I think on paper the Rams technically are the better team. I think they are the side you'd want to be on here. Just feel like this is a game for some reason. I I like still blind myself on the idea that the Seahawks are the better team in that division. Like over time, the Rams had the one year they went to the Super Bowl, but we'll move on. We will move on. I'll take the Seahawks. We have the game that we've talked about a little bit throughout this show already. Um, an NFC East game, an NFC beast game. The Philadelphia Eagles are two and a half point road favorites on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, plus 125 on the money line for the Cowboys. Over under is 49 and a half. I don't know. I did, Nothing about this game feels good to me. I like Jalen Hurts too much. I almost want to bet the over, but it's an NFC East game, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Money line. I don't love the two and a half. Um, doesn't really do anything, but give me the Eagles. I, I think they should have this one, and if they win, it puts themselves in a position to still – kind of maybe backdoor the division. I think they still have like a 3% chance. If they beat Dallas. Both of them do. Whoever wins this yes. game still does, depending on how the other stuff works yeah, out. Yeah, so, so and then the Eagles would play Washington next week. So, you know, I think it'll be chaotic. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles to win this one. Where are you at on this game? Yeah, I have, um, I have Dallas favored by one here. So the fact that Dallas is getting the plus money would be – again. I mean, we just – basically everything I just said about the last game is absolutely applies here too. To me, this game is basically a coin flip. I have a slight lean on Dallas, and I'm getting plus money on it. So this is one of those situations where here, – here's a good way to explain this, Steve. Dallas is plus 125 here, right? So let's say you have $200 to bet. You bet 100 on Dallas. And what was the last game we just talked about? You bet $100 mm-hmm. on the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. They're both coin flips. You only need to win one or the other. If the Rams win at plus 105 and you bet 100, you win five bucks. If um, Dallas wins at plus 125 and you bet 100, you win 25 bucks, assuming that the other one loses. If they both win, then you walk away with a, with a really good day. But this is the idea is that I think at least one of those two are going to win. They're both giving me plus money. If I, I'm going to lose 100 on one of them that loses and I'm going to win – either 105 or 125 on the other one that wins. Now, is winning five bucks or winning 25 bucks like going to change your life? No, it's not going to change your life. But if you, again, if you keep betting these positive EV situations and you do it over the course of the season and you leave all the money in your bankroll until the end of the year and see where you stand, if you keep making good bets like this at the end of the year, you're going to have more money than you started with. So this is another one of those situations where that all, uh, Everything we just said there applies. I, I'm trying to look at this game biasly. I, I honestly don't even know what the Giants would need more. I actually think they want Dallas to win, but then they would play for the division in Week 17 either way against Dallas. It's a mess. The East is a mess. I, so the Giants are what, 5-9 and nine right now? Yes. And they had the tiebreaker over Washington. They have the tiebreaker, yep. They've won both matchups. So, and then, so they beat the Eagles one and one, and then they would have to split with Dallas as well if they win. Dallas has beat them once. And who the Giants play next week? Do they play Dallas or no? Yeah, they play Dallas week seventeen, and they're playing Baltimore this week. I called them winning in you something want, crazy at six and ten, but I did not envision this. this you want Dallas? Crazy. You want Dallas to win this game because if Philly's like Philly had a tie, didn't they? Aren't Philly? Like- they had a tie, but they lost last week. So I think they're four eight and one, or no. 
No, four nine and one they would be. Four nine and one. Right. Yeah. So if the Eagles win this week, they're five nine and one, right? Yep. And then So yeah, we wouldn't want yeah. Because then yeah. if they beat Washington And we would need them to beat Washington. So we need Dallas to win. Yeah, because you wouldn't if you if the Giants lose this week and the Eagles win this week, I think the Giants are eliminated because one of the two other teams has to win next week. Yep. Well, Washington, because Washington would be no wait. Did the Giants have the tiebreaker against Washington? Yeah, they do. Yeah, we had. Time. All right. So then, if the Eagles win this week, you're a Redskins fan next week, dude. Mm, no. Be, well, that would be if the Giants. The Giants win. The Giants win. If the Giants win. Yeah, I mean, I listen, sure hope I, they win. At this at this point, if you're losing games with two weeks left when you're behind in the standings, you're not making the playoffs anyway. That, so that's 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 a really good point. The Giants need to win out if they want to if they want to get there. That's that's all it comes down to. You gotta you gotta win. You gotta handle your business right now. You gotta win two games, and you gotta hope that some combination of the other shit happens that puts you in first place, even with winning those games. Because if I could, I would go in the locker room and get them fucking going. I I would tell them exactly what you told me, but I can't right now. I don't know what's going on. Evan Ingram made the Pro Bowl. Shit is not going well. I'm not having fun anymore. Okay, so. I don't know what's going on. We're ten and a half point dogs. I want to feel good about it. I'm not even going to talk about the game. I don't care if the Giants are good against the spread. Just I need we. They need to win. They need to win. Dude, I'm a Jets fan. I haven't been having fun for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I did not sign up for this. Um, Let's let's move on. Let's move on and let's go to Sunday night. And this is actually a really good matchup. Could be. Could be a Super Bowl preview one. No, I don't think it will be. But it could be. The Tennessee Titans on the road here against the Green Bay Packers, plus three and a half point dogs, plus 155 on the money line. Um, over under is 56. Betty, the Packers can't really stop the run. I actually love the Titans here. And by the way, I'm officially switching my pick to Dallas, so we're rooting for Dallas. Um, I like the Titans a lot here, as simple as that. I think the Packers are riding high. I think they're going to score a billion points against the Titans deep, but for some reason, Always in my head is that Vikings game when they were on the road and they beat the Packers behind Dalvin Cook. That, that, that doesn't leave my mind. I think that's the way you beat the Packers. Who better than Derrick Henry? I, I think it's weird. I don't think it's a sexy pick. But maybe three and a half is the smarter play and probably the better play. Um, mind you, though, the three and a half is minus 121. So it might be still at three. Um, but – I don't know. I'll take the Titans here, three and a half or money line. So wait, they're plus three and a half minus one twenty-one. Yeah. So. Right, so here's the easy way to remember this. Well, you you have to remember. I also got a delivery from Cali over the weekend. So. Oh, okay. You know, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> math, math, and me don't get along anymore. Yeah. <laughs> at least quick math. At least quick math. Yeah. So for anybody out there who's wondering, like you know, the easy way to kind of know whether or not the number should be half a point higher or half a point low, or at least that it's head. I shouldn't say half point higher, half point lower. That it that it's more likely to head in that direction is. Yeah. Most of the time, you're laying minus one ten. Right, like that's the, the typical bet. Most of the time is minus three, minus one ten, or whatever it is. If you're at a sports book or a casino or something like that, so anytime that number is bigger, meaning like minus one eleven, minus one twelve, minus one thirteen, that means that the book is asking you to lay more money than you normally do, which means that the odds are probably in your favor. So, in this situation, if it's three and a half and they're asking you to lay one twenty one, it really means that the number is probably closer to going to four. 
because they're asking you to lay more money because you're getting a better deal. If it's a situation where the number is like minus 105 or even money on something, I think we had one before that was even money, right? Or yep, plus money. Yep. Whenever uh, it's we had a even money or plus money, it means that it's likely to move in the opposite direction. So if this was three and a half plus 100, it really means that this number is probably more likely to go to three. And they're giving you, they're giving you, you know, a, a worse number there. So that's the way that, that you can kind of remember that stuff. With that being said, this actually opened at four. So the fact that it's down to three and a half minus 121 pretty much means that it's, there's a chance it could go back to four or it's like somewhere in between three and a half and four. And this is the way that they kind of do it there with the juice. Um, all right. So with that being said, I mean, my number is right on minus four. I have Green Bay minus four here. So I don't see any value on either side of this. My way that I like this game, though, I like the over. And I know people are going to be like, this is the highest total of the week. How can you like the over? It's like, because it's the highest total of the week is why I like the over. Because they obviously realized that they couldn't put this number around. And I forget what the exact number is. I'd have to do the numbers again. I think the average this year is 51 points is what's being scored in NFL games. Um, it might even be a little bit higher because I haven't run that number in a couple of weeks. But if this was like 53, that would mean, oh, yeah, these are two teams that should play to the over. The fact that it's all the way up at 56 means – these are two teams that play way to the over. And Tennessee is one of those teams we've talked about throughout the season as one of these things. I don't know if I talked about it here with you or, you know, anybody who's watched my videos knows I've talked about it. Tennessee is one of the best over teams in the league because their offense is pretty unstoppable and their defense can't stop anybody. So it is the perfect recipe for games to be 44-20, like a lot of their games – Again, that was their game last week, right? They played Detroit. It was 40-something, 40, 20-something. 40 a couple of weeks ago, they played another bad team where it was 40-something, 20-something. They're going to score their points, and they're going to give up points to bad teams. This is not a bad team they're playing. They're playing a good offense here. So this game could end up 38-35 or 45-42, something like that. So I love the over here, even though it's high at 56. A lot of times when you have these really high overs, they do tend to go over because these are high-scoring teams. That's why, you know, if these two teams couldn't score, you wouldn't get an over or 56. But the fact that these two teams could score, they could score 70. And I think that's probably what's going to happen in this game. Give me the over. Crank the over. I, well, I did say it while I was being trying to be optimistic with the Titans. I think the Packers are going to score a million points. Um, and they're trying to fight and clinch for home field too, I believe. So they're playing for something. The Titans are playing for something. So I could see a lot of points scored. Also, to note, since we're nearing the end of the show here, the Nets won by 26. Love that. Love it. Um, thanks for coming out, Golden State. That was fun. Um, let's move to Monday night. Let's move to Monday night. I have the Titans, though. I'm going to take the Titans, and I'll take the over. Um, Bills, minus seven on the road against the New England Patriots here. Plus 270 on the money line for the Pats. Over-under is 46. I think the Pats have packed it in. I think they're all but done. They're defeated. They're dead. They want no part of anything anymore. And, yes, the Bills did win the division last week. They don't need this game. Um, I think it matters to them. I think if the Steelers lose this week, and I think if they win and can get home field against a potential rematch against the Steelers, that would mean a lot for them in the playoffs. So I'm taking the Bills here. This is a good teaser game for me. I want to bring them down to one, but I'll take them to cover the seven. I'll take them to cover the seven. I don't have a side on the total, but you know I love betting the Bills. I think this is a great teaser play. One of the 
you know, the Friday one is probably the only other one that's uh, jumps out at me, at least for the Stanford Wong style, you know, through the seven, through the three. So yeah, give me the bills down to a pick them, but also take them to cover the minus seven. Where are you at on this game? Yeah, I like the bills. I mean, I would take them straight up with the seven. And I also think it's a, a decent teaser piece. Um, there's a couple other games that are around seven. What it, again, we didn't, did we talk about the bears game? So we did not talk about the Bears game, but that was at nine and a half from what I saw on oh, Bet Online. Shut up! It was seven and a half at the open. So I'll wow. put Bet Online right here. Nine. It's at nine. All right. I was gonna say it opened at seven and a half that game because that's one that I had uh, I had circled. Um, but anyway, just stick stick with the Buffalo game, and then we'll talk about that in a minute because I wanted to talk about the the Jets teaser hedge there and why that's important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Buffalo. I like the seven. I have no problem teasing them down to one either. I think that's really good. This way you don't got to worry about it. But I agree with you. I mean, I, I, think that, I think that the Patriots at this point are basically just playing out the, the strain, you know, getting ready to uh, pack up their stuff and go home for the first time in like two and a half decades. Um, I, I don't think there's anything for them to play for. I don't think they're going to be very motivated here. And I think Buffalo is motivated because they're playing for seeding. So, yeah, I think Buffalo wins. I think Buffalo covers. I love Buffalo as the teaser piece. Give me Buffalo all over on that side. Now that that's done, let me switch over to the Chicago side real quick here because I just want to explain this to people. Um, so, again, I got it at seven and a half when I teased it down already. So I teased it down to one and a half, which was the way I wanted to do it. And I was going to say, this is the New York Jets hedge tease, right? Because one of two things is going to happen for me as a Jets fan. Either I'm going to win money, as I should, because there's no James Robinson this week, Gardner Minshew going up against that Chicago Bears defense. It's one and a half points. Chicago should cover that number very easily, which would make me happy because it would put money in my pocket. And if I'm wrong, I won't even be that upset about losing my money because if I'm wrong, what that means is that the Jags somehow managed to win this game and then the Jets are back in the driver's seat for Trevor Lawrence. And if you told me right now I'd have to pay $1,000 for the Jets to get back in the Trevor Lawrence driver's seat so that that pick would have as much possible value as it could, whether they take him or whether they, you know, trade the pick for a whole bunch of other picks. It'll be like one of those win-win situations where either I'll have a bunch of money in my pocket for being a long-suffering Jets fan, or I'll be sitting on the Jets back in the driver's seat for Trevor Lawrence. And if they went out and won in week 17, I would literally have to give up my fandom because it would the roller coaster ride of what that would mean for Jets fans would just – I, honestly, I might have a heart attack, so it might not even matter at that point if they if they did that. But it's the Jet fan hedge right there. So if you're a Jet fan and you're really upset about the way things worked out last week, I'm with you. I understand. I feel your pain. The way for you to get over it is to uh, take the Chicago Bears on the money line here for, you know, however much money you would be willing to pay to have Trevor Lawrence be the Jets quarterback because that's basically what you're doing right now. You're either putting money in your pocket or, or you're making a sacrifice to uh, – you know, to the football gods in order to get the football god that we really want. That's an interesting play. I'm looking at that Bears game. For for some reason, when I first saw it, it just yelled trap at me. You know, like a trap game. It looked a little too funky. And even Bears, when they have a large, a large lump sum of points to cover, looks funky to me because they still don't ring as a team that scores a lot of points to me. But over the last three games, they figured it out for some reason on offense, and they're actually trying to make – a legitimate playoff push. So, I mean, we talk about what they're playing for. I mean, if they're a playoff team, they should beat a, a Jaguars team without 
most of their offensive power in James Robinson. And they're just quite frankly, not very good. They're the worst team in the league right now. So um, you'd think they'd win by at least 10. So I like the bears there too. I don't know if I'm going to throw everything I own on the money line, but I kind of like the nine. You're, in general. you're not a Jets fan. This is a Jet fan. Oh, this, yes. this has nothing to do with you. Well, this I mean, I host this show. I'm a, I'm a Jet fan by association. I try to, I try to feel good for Jet fans. My my kid's birthday today. He's a popular kid, so that's why the phone. <laughs> I, I he his phone is connected to my account because uh because he's twelve. So there you go. That's why. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. We didn't need the explanation. Look, we had a fire truck on the show. Uh, <laughs> we have your kid on the show now. Santa was here, so let's just run through these games. Give uh give the picks out one more time, just so the people know that we don't make up our records on this show again. Very very strong outing last week. Ultimately, we're eight and three, so we're going to look to continue that. But we have Saints minus seven. That's a teaser play. We'll bring that down to one. I like the Dolphins' money line. Depends where you're at on that because we did have the positive money on the number. That was a game we talked about, but it's okay. Give me the Dolphins' money line. I took the Jets. I'm not taking the money line, but I'll take them the 10.5 or the 10 wherever you can get them. I'll take them to cover the double digits. Don't feel good about it, but hey, let's live on the wild side. Um, I had the Colts when they were dogs. We're taking the Colts again. This time it's money line. Again, that's another game where you kind of want to be on the right side of the money. So it's close to a pick them. See where that line goes. The Steelers are the home dogs, but I like the Colts a lot. Um, Chiefs at home, but tread with caution. I will take them. Oh, God. No, I don't know. I mean, this is a game we said we don't want to touch. I don't want to take them to cover the 10 and a half. I don't. I don't. I don't want them to do that. I. I, I mean, honestly, I think they do. You think? I, I. think they do. But like I said, it, it's Tuesday right now when we're doing this video. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So everybody, just just keep an eye on. And I hate to say this because it sounds like such a cop out, but keep an eye on the injury reports and keep an eye on the news yeah. that comes out because if you hear anything along the lines of Kansas City putting guys on, you know, some kind of a short leash here or you know, that they're going to let some of these other guys play or anything like that, then you don't want to, you don't want to be laying 10 and a half. Well, I'm worried. I think I'm worried about, yeah, well, that's the thing. And even if it's unknowingly, I'm worried about the back door. I don't think they have any issue. They might go up 21, nothing. My issue is the Falcons are just going to continue to try to score. We'll see. I'll take them to cover the 10 and a half. I don't feel good about it, but I'll take them to cover it. I agree. You, you persuaded me. We'll go with the coin flip on the Rams. We'll take them money line plus 105 at bet online. You also flip me on the Cowboys because that's what we want to root for here. Cowboys money line. Well, as a Giants fan, you want the Cowboys to win. Yeah, so that's the Giant head. That's yeah. the Giants head. Exactly. Okay. The 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 non-biased biased Giants head. So listen to what we have to say on the most part. Don't listen to me on this Dallas game if you don't want to. But if you're a Giant fan, let's get in on that. Um, we also have the Jets hedge in the Bears. We mentioned that already a few times. The Titans is the team I'm taking with the over there. I love the three and a half. I think they're gonna. Probably win that outright or at least keep it really close. And then we'll take the Bills, another teaser play. Um, and I'll take them to cover the minus seven as well. Any other things that we missed out on? That's pretty much the entire slate, I think. We got most well, of the games. One, one other game I want to throw at you. We didn't talk about that Redskins game, Redskins and Carolina. What's the number not. that you have on that? Because the number that I was able to get um, on that game was Carolina was a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So, so I, they don't have it up on Bet Online as of right now, but we will switch over to our friends at DraftKings and try to get an updated line for you. But where, where are you at on that game? Do you like well, – Again, I, at two and a half, I, I, don't like, I don't like the Redskins to beat Carolina by eight and a half points. So at two and a half, I like the idea of teasing Carolina up 
through the three and a seven to get it to eight and a half there. Um, because listen, even when Washington wins, it's not like Washington's going out there and hanging 35 points on anybody. And they sure as shit ain't hanging 35 points on anybody with Haskins as their quarterback. And right now, the reason why that line is actually off is after the game last week, Haskins went out to the club to get some ass and he may have to go into the COVID protocol. So they might be down to, I forget who even would be their quarterback at that point if, um, if Haskins is unable to play. So my guess is that's why um, Ben Online took that line off. Did you say that why, you out. said he was going to get ass? No, no, no. He went, he, he went to go eat chicken wings. That's why you go to the strip club. Ask James Harden. Oh, yes. Well, that's what James Harden does, but I mean. No, but that's what most, most professional athletes, they go, I know there's pictures with him with women. And listen, I get it. But, you know, do you blame the guy? He worked hard. He just wanted to go to the buffet, eat some wings, hang yeah, out at the strip the club. Hell of a day. Two interceptions. They lost at home. The guy guy worked his ass off, man. He deserves it. He deserves it. Steve, you know I've been married for a while right now, right? Like, what's going on? I don't know, 12, 13 years at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My wife, very intelligent woman, you know, has a couple master's degrees. Why I married her. First person I ever met that's smarter than me. If I tried to use that excuse that I was uh, eating wings, going to eat wings at the strip club, she would come drag me out there by the fucking back of my neck and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Here? <laughs> you, know, you know, these young kids. I've heard, here. I've heard. I Allegedly, they have great wings. I wouldn't know. It's just, you know, this is what I hear. This is what I hear. Um, the line's at two for that Panthers game. I still like it at eight. I same, same concept. You're still getting through the three to seven. That's the, that's the big idea right there. Um, I like it better when it's eight and a half because then, you know, you don't push if it lines up. They go for two and they don't get yeah. it or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still good with that there because, listen, even if Washington does win this game, which I'm not saying that they won't. Like, I'm not – you know, they probably will win this game against Carolina. I just don't think Washington's beaten anybody by multiple touchdowns here. If they, if they win by multiple touchdowns with Haskins or whoever else winds up being their quarterback, depending on how that works out, it's going to be because the defense, like, you know, the defense made a pick six or a, a fumble recovery score or something like that because – the offense is not putting up more than 21 points in this game. So if you could get a touchdown and a field goal out of uh, Carolina, and Carolina's offense is not crappy. Like, Carolina's offense is pretty damn good. And Christian McCaffrey may be back this week too. Like, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I just don't see the Redskins winning this game by double digits. So if I can tease it up to eight and a half here, I, I'd be willing to do that. I think that's a good way to go about it. I don't think they win this game in general just because of everything that's going on. Um, with them as a team right now, Haskins look terrible. And even if Alex Smith is back, I think they lost their mojo a little bit, but obviously there's been a lot of bias on my end on the NFC East. I'm picking the Cowboys mainly for that reason. So I'll keep my opinion out of it. That's your play. I like it. I like the eight, two games we missed on. There are three Saturday games. We only touched on the one because I thought it was exciting. Um, you know, something though, it's funny that on DraftKings here, they don't have the lineup for the Dolphins Raiders game. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, but they do have these other lines up. So um, we have the Bucks at the Lions. Nine and a half point favorites are the Bucks. Too much for me. The nine and a half. That's just real. It quick. opened. It opened at seven and a half. So that's up two points. Oh, you already. know something? They do have it up. So the lines up at three now for the Dolphins Raiders here um, on DraftKings. But um, again, go to BetOnline.ag for all your drafting needs. We're just trying to get an updated line on things. Um, 49ers. 
plus five point dogs on the road against the Cardinals. I like the cards at home. It's under six. So I'll, I'll just take it for the sake of the show, just so we could have more picks. Let's fill up this record. Let's get to a hundred wins. That Let's opened at three and a half too. So that's another line that moved a little bit. That's wow. a three and a half too. Yeah. I, I like the cards to win by at least a touchdown there. The 49ers have been a little fishy to me, but hey, it's a division game. If it gets up to six, that might, you know what? No, um, that's not going to be a teaser game for me. They got CJ beat hard. Um, CJ beat it hard is uh, <laughs> beat it hard is starting. Yeah, beat hard, and they yeah. actually just picked up. Remember Josh Rosen? They just yeah. picked up Josh Rosen off of. I saw that. Yeah, off the Bucks. Bay, I think Tampa Bay's practice squad because they don't have a. They they literally don't have another quarterback on the roster, so they just took uh, Josh Rosen off of Tampa Bay's practice squad, who is now going to be their backup quarterback uh, in case anything happens to beat hard. By the way, so speaking of that, so I mean, maybe that's not too bad of a game to tease anymore, but. Uh, there are better games to tease, and I always think about it. Last week, we talked about the Bucks falcons game. We wanted to tease it. That ended up getting our asses beat on that number, which was very unfortunate. The Bucks came back and won against the Falcons in the same exact fashion. The Patriots beat them in the Super Bowl. They covered it if you teased it down. There were, there, there were better games to tease. They almost lost it outright. You were right. That's why we stay away. But they did cover the tease. They didn't cover the number. And it was just insane to me that they lost yet again by blowing a gigantic lead against Tom Brady and his offense. Insane. They do it to themselves. They do it to – that's why I don't like the 10-and-a-half. The Falcons are gross. The Falcons are just gross. Yep. I don't like the Bucs this week, though. But the thing, the thing about the Falcons, though, I mean, listen, here's how you cover 10-and-a-half, right? You're down by 17, and the other team stops giving a shit. And they go into prevent defense with four minutes left and you, you drive down the field and you get into the end zone. And now all of a sudden you win the game or you lose the game by 10, but everybody who bet on you loses because it was 10 and a half. Like that's why when these big numbers come up a lot of times, I just don't like them. Like I don't numbers over 10. I, I can't really do anything with like, it's, it's just, there's too many, there's too many other things because it's not about winning at that point. Right? Like it's, if a team is up by multiple scores there, it's not about, well, we need to win this game by multiple scores. They don't give a shit. They just need to win by one point. So if they're up like 15 or 14 and the number is eight or nine, like you are not safe because that team doesn't care about winning by 14. They just care about winning by at least one. So even if they give up that touchdown to make it seven, they're looking at it as, well, you know, they still got to recover an onside kick and go the length of the field and do it again in order for us to lose. So we don't really care if they get in the end zone or not which as a gambler sucks because you're sitting there like, no, I need you to stop them here so that I win my bet. Like, they don't give a shit about your bet. Like, that's why these numbers are so important. That's why we talk about key numbers all the time. That's why they're so important. Yeah, and the nine and a half for the Bucks is in no man's land just in relation to that game. So I don't, I don't love even bringing that down. I, I, I like to think they are good enough to win by 10 points against the Detroit Lions, but hey, I just want to get that game in just to really talk about them all. We got a full slate of Saturday football. We got a Friday game. Merry Christmas to all. We have a shit ton of games here on the slate. Everyone's going around. Good luck in your fantasy championships. Benny, thank you for coming on again. Follow him at BennyR11. You know, I didn't say the handle. The people know where you're at already. But follow him at BennyR11. Anything else? Anything for people to look out for with you? No, just, um, you know what? Have a safe holiday for everybody out there. And, uh, you know, remember, we got games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this weekend. So eat, drink, be merry, and watch a lot of football, watch a lot of basketball, and uh, kind of enjoy it. And listen to our picks because we made you some money last week. Listen to us again. Recoup those finances. Just recoup those finances. Yeah, you got to pay off all those Christmas presents, man. So go, go ahead and make that money right now. 
Yep. Well, thank you again, Benny. That interview with Benny Ricciardi was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Big shout out to Benny again for coming on. Again, guys, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Listen to what we have to say. Huge week last week. Hope you guys listened to that and made some money. But if you didn't, don't worry. We're going to make you some money again this week. Listen to what me and Benny have to say. Follow us both on Twitter. Myself, at NYFootballPod, at Tino Rodriguez, double underscore. Be sure to like, download, rate, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Believe website. Guys, thank you for listening in. If I don't talk to you until the new year, I should get one out before the new year. But if I don't talk to you, happy new year, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Stay safe, stay healthy. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.